electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Another jaw-dropping jobs number, adding 467,000 in January with huge upward revisions. A labor force participation gets a nice uptick. Yields are surging. 10-year, 190 is a two-year high as the market's now pricing in bigger odds of a 50 basis point hike. Our roadmap begins with that jobs number, the surprise upside. Payrolls jumping, unemployment ticks up to 4%. Plus, we're talking tech turnaround. Shares of Amazon, Snap, and Pinterest are all moving sharply higher before the bell. And billions lost. In fact, if you want to count them, about $232 billion in market value wiped out at Meta. Mark Zuckerberg, by the way, suffering a $30 billion paper loss. But, Carl, that was yesterday. <laughs> that was yesterday. So was Amazon and Snap uh, rebounding after the tech sell-off. Jim, market's going to have to balance these whipsaw moves along with the macro today. Yeah, we got to step back for a second and talk about how it could swing like this. Because I think a lot of people are saying, look, get me out. It's too crazy. But I think it's swinging because there, frankly, is not enough money involved in the speed of the machines. We often talk about the speed of machines so fast that you have these situations like uh, right now. Uh, you look at, Met, at Meta, Facebook. There are sellers who are willing to sell below where there are buyers. Now, this used to be called a fast market, David. Remember? Yeah. But when you have a, a giant desk where a, a, a portfolio manager comes into the trader and says, look, I still have a million meta platforms, and where can we sell it? The guy says, well, it's 233. And he says, okay, take a 220 low. And then the trader says, what are you like? What are you talking about? We can destroy the stock. He says, I don't care. Get I never out. want to see it again. Get me out. I get me out. Right. And it's the get me out that a lot of people are confused by. In the same way that Amazon is, let me cover my short or let me get in. Now, what is what price are they saying if you want to go buy Amazon? Well, I don't care. Amazon's the winner. I mean, yesterday, though, you had, you know, you had a lot of people doubting whether that Amazon number would be strong enough to sustain the stock, certainly. But, and well, then Snap was Snap has different demo. tale of two cities in one day. Yeah, different demo. Uh, and I, right. don't, I don't think I've ever seen a stock uh, down, what, 20 or in the, during the day and then up 50 in the fear <laughs> factor. The, the fear factor is incredible. <laughs> but if you look at Amazon and be clinical about it, Amazon is not what we thought it was, right? Amazon, Amazon Web Services, remember Adam Zalewski came there. He came back. He was there. He's a tableau. Gets bought by Salesforce. He comes back. Amazon Web Services up, up 40 percent, 17.7 billion. Advertising was actually a little light up 33 percent. Yes. It doesn't matter because what this says is, you know what? We're not ad based. We're transaction based. Alphabet car, transaction based. Facebook, ad based. Uh, so what's the Facebook value proposition to the advertisers? We can tell you exactly how many people bought things from the ad. Well, we can't anymore because people opted out. So, look, it is 
Is it existential for Facebook? That part is the advertising. I mean, right now. But uh, do you understand the difference between why uh, Snap, which many expected would suffer similarly to Apple as a result of the privacy changes, did not, that Meta seems to be alone? In a sense, well, because I, also Pinterest, even t- and we saw Twitter well, shares down. Again, the concern about this may have been overblown uh, of the industry coming out of Meta numbers. Clearly, was well. I, look, I think Snap is I mean, a I, different. Dem- you know, Facebook's now old, Insta's now middle, yeah. right? And then TikTok and Snap are relatively the same in terms of the younger people who right. use it. But also, Snap didn't lose users to TikTok at all. Uh, you know, no, no, I'm saying, right. but I know, they, but we were the talking. I mean, they don't. The they call Zuckerberg was calling out TikTok. Many thought it no, was more well, from a Snap, regulatory. Snap, Snap, not as, I mean, TikTok's going to be the biggest in the world. All right, I get, I know all of which I'm just trying. No, to, I'm saying we're Snap just trying is, to understand why what happened at Meta that others aren't suffering from. Well, I think that Meta uniquely um, had a, a really good ad business that is just not as good in the new world where we opt out where it's easy to opt out. Uh, The value proposition that we all thought was there is now too amorphous. Uh, David Weiner, when he just said, look, it's 10 billion. You know, it's 10 billion. And you need metaverse, you need 10 billion. Then you start thinking, why were they buying all the stock back? But they do have a secret weapon, and it's the CEO who has been battled before. And even after all the stock they bought, they still have another 40 billion that's hanging out. They can just go do so. Yep. I mean, remember, these are not these are not financially challenged companies. They're they're intellectually challenged, and that's a big difference. Well, it's it was remarkable to listen to the different ways that Zuckerberg and Spiegel talked about iOS, uh, Snap. Much more encouraged about their progress on that front, and also about TikTok. Take a listen. Well, we certainly you know compete with TikTok and Instagram and YouTube uh, you know for video entertainment. Uh, we also have different areas of our service, like our map or our AR platform, um, you know, where we see really strong I- engagement. And I think, you know, as it pertains to stories in particular and, and growth uh, in video, I talked a little bit, um, you know, following on some of our, uh, you know, prior, uh, you know, earnings calls about the trends we're seeing throughout the pandemic, where we are seeing people, you know, post fewer stories for their friends, view fewer stories from their friends. But at the same time, we've seen folks, you know, watching more premium content, watching more uh, you know, content in spotlight. So the, there is a bit of a mix shift there. Meanwhile, this discussion, Jim, of when a, when a name this large is down 24 during the day, up 50 after hours, is it a symptom of, of really challenged liquidity overall? Very much so. Uh, I think that we are now, there's going to be two, very, look, there are many people I talk to who just say, Jim, liquidity is already being sucked out of the market by the Fed. Uh, I think that people present the Fed as being this incredibly all-powerful machine. But then I look at the, uh, I look at the employment number today, and I say, well, the people who think that it's the Fed that is pulling back the liquidity just got even more ammo. And me, I mean, I'm looking at it, and I'm just saying, well, we know from J.J. Uh, Kinnan from, from TD, they're pulling out. They're pulling out. And, you know, are they pulling out because they fear the Fed? Are they pulling out because they needed the money? Uh, I think the Labor Department report would say that people need the money again. They were going back to work, the participation. But I don't know. I mean, I, I think So the stay-at-home trade, everything is done. It's done. Good. Remember, I mean, good. Good riddance to it Wait, all. Well, Please come back to the office. Drop the mask No, but that's happening. Inside, it, yeah. Look, we're getting right, back good. into a world where yeah. we, we, it's, it's a... It's an epidemic. 
Now, having never had a pandemic before, it's hard to see how it ends, but it's epidemic. And an epidemic, you go back to work. Right. Yeah. You travel. I mean, except for if you're in China. Although, by the way, domestic travel, according to Estee Lauder, is really extraordinary. It's not going away. Um, I don't want to overlook Amazon because we we We're talked not. about it briefly. Can we come back to it for a minute? Uh, some of the numbers yes. themselves, the numbers obviously, are so the stock, awesome. numbers are so are staggering too when you think about it. What are we talking? How many employees do they have now? One point six million employees. They hired more people than like we they had actually to couldn't do hire enough. Two. They tried to hire one hundred and fifty thousand no. last quarter. They only were able to hire one hundred and forty thousand. Goes to sort of our discussion. They actually mentioned here that. That's one about of the, the labor force. There's a look at some of the key numbers. Uh, you know, we talk so often about uh, Amazon Web Services as we should because. It is the profit engine of the company. Right. Retail business is actually losing money, or at least did this quarter. $60 billion, $60 billion uh, in CapEx in 2021. Right. $24 billion went towards IT infrastructure. That would be data centers. That's related to AWS, certainly. Right. 30% or $18 billion was spent on uh, warehouses uh, and things of that nature, FCs, uh, you know, uh, fulfillment centers. 25% of $15 billion spent on transportation by the it's way, an awful lot of delivery trucks. Sixty billion in capex is more than Exxon, and oh, so you to lump yeah. all those guys together. Yes. it still won't add up to Amazon's capex. Well, there was a moment in the call where Brian uh, Olsowski, the CFO, yes, he, he said, "So it's a, is there anything that is like really kind of going wrong or like or going?" And he said, "Well, we said we were going to spend four billion on uh, Omicron, and it came at four one. I mean, the guys, they." They are you. They are le- exercise a level of humility. Now, I'm not saying Jeff Bezos was necessarily uh, Elon Musk, but this new team is so nose to the grindstone. And that call last night, it was the least color. I mean, to them, I mean, you read all these calls, and it's like we had the best quarter. No, so you know, we did this. <laughs> yeah. We raised prime prices. We're going to raise them to 139 right. that was just one a line year. of the call, yes. and then the other line of the call, is someone said, "Hey, you broke out at." Yes, and they broke you know, out Brian advertising yes. for the first time, and that's yes. how we know. All right, up I mean, thirty-three. Yes, I mean he's like the most laconic, uh, straight to the point uh, um, CFO, other than the man who just decided to get the Hertz job. Yeah, Steve, Steve sure, Steve but, sure. Which we'll talk about Hertz a little later. But uh, for Amazon, Amazon Web Services, you're talking about a seventy-one billion dollar revenue run rate for right. this business. Forty uh, percent top line growth. What was the operating margin, Jim? 30%. That 30% was operating growing. margin. The, it wasn't just the number I mean, on the margin if, at 29.8. It was the acceleration yes. of almost 40%. 200 basis yes. points. So I think people have to understand that it would not shock me if this stock is up even more uh, because this was, although not as good as Alphabet, uh, because remember, there wasn't, they did have a top line miss. They did. They had a they top did. line miss. They did. Uh, but you see that the businesses that are going have, Unbelievable margins and are not and are accelerating, right? It's accelerating. You do wonder what it would look like separated out because you know there's. there's Lena? Always, say again. Lena, FTC. No, I mean oh. actually shareholders saying why not separate them? Why not? You know, Amazon Web Services has got to be worth a trillion on its own. Oh I know. Right, seventy-one billion dollar run rate. That kind of margins, forty percent top line growth. What kind of multiple do you put on that business? Amazon Web Services, it is. Maybe it's, look, we know from Azure, we know from Google Cloud. These are unbelievable businesses, but they're any, nowhere near Is there any this. real synergy between web services and retail? Well, I mean, they, they all use the retail. I mean, there isn't. No, it's like, no. Uh, there is. They use the no, cloud. Yeah, cloud. So, does, so does everybody else. Well, but they'll let anyone in their cloud. Right, so there's no synergy. Well, no, there's synergy. 
No, in that sense, there isn't. Okay, in, in, their multi, in their multi-format, uh, right. in the same way that Red Hat, when IBM bought Red Hat, and they're agnostic. Right? And only Walmart is like, you know, yeah. I don't want to compete against Amazon's retail business is a customer editor. of Amazon Web Services, but so are but half the but you know, Fortune maybe 500. We're maybe we're missing the point. I have okay. to, I'm working on a thesis for this quarter, which is that we shouldn't be measuring supply, supply problem, whatever. Is there demand? Is there demand? And the fact is they raise the price of Prime because of their level of belief in demand. Costco. The demand is there. Estee Lauder, the demand is there. Clorox, no demand. That's why that stock's down so no, much. I mean, it's still 139. That's still less than what I'm paying for Netflix, right, for a year? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm getting free delivery. Right, but you know, the, the demand is there. This is what is going to end up being the quarter. And if the, demand, if the company doesn't have demand, uh, then you're going to get this kind of these outsized moves. Now, the, the one thing that's saving anything high multiple, ServiceNow, we had Bill on. That was good. Qualtrics was good. Okay, they ended up doing the number. Uh, this Bill.com did the number, but I don't think I think it's really down in Fuji. But Atlassian did the number, which is teamwork. And then that's it. No one really wants, you know, the only classic beat and raises that people adopted were those. That's it. Unity's going to open up eight. I know. And well, that's Kathy. Kathy Woods, excuse me. I didn't mean that. But that, that was, look, I, I recommended that stock the other night. And I immediately it went down big, and I said, "All right, this is just too hard," because Unity is an amazing company. And Unity, by the way, like what I think, what Zuckerberg's going to have to do is call Rickettel and the CEO of, of of Unity and say, "Look, I need this thing far faster because I need to have a transactional model here that is not what my current model is, and only only John has the software." I mean, I've seen the Unity software. Dave, the Unity software is the best. Is it? What does it do? Well, you can, okay, let's say you wanted to develop a, a gaming business involving fans. Okay. They have the ability to be able to make it so that you had a Zoom party. Oh, I love this. And every one of your fantasy players, you can iso- isolate. He has that. He has it right now. Right now, you watch your fantasy and you play against somebody else, and you have a camera. You! Have a camera trained on your players, not on what 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 CBS wants. Or what, no, it's true. I His ability, just hundred cameras. Here they have ability, have the software to do this. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, not well, a, you don't play I don't fantasy. Anyone play fantasy? At all. That's what Unity software does. Well, no, no, I, I use that as an example. Okay. I'm just saying the fungibility of what they have. They can do any any gambling, any kids game. Who's their customers? Who's their customers? Yeah. Ooh. You know, anybody who's trying to make 3D <laughs> products. Okay. But why did they like my idea? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't play fantasy. I mean, if I had a camera and everyone my fantasy guys and I had red, that's like, yep. that's like red zone heaven. <laughs> David, I pay a fortune for that is what I'm saying. The demand for virtual reality. He is virtual reality. He is Mr. VR. So are we. Now, we're, we're digital twins. We will be digital soon. Digital twins. Yes. It's always How Friday in the Metaverse. Di- the <laughs> there we are. Always Friday in the Metaverse. I wear tie. I have red tie. That's good. No ponytail. And I do not know uh, what uh, any what if there's any uh, you know you don't have a shell on your head this no. time. No, David, oh, you and I just look yeah. shell shocked. There's for really unus- a lot of unusual have, activity, and I'm going to get to that. We have no idea segment. what's going on in the metaverse, Carl. None. <laughs> can my eyes move? Can I move? No, you don't move at all. Adobe can make me move, but if you look, I'm telling you, Jensen, I look more like me. That was what was scary when I was looking at me. I said, "Geez, that looks more like me than me." 
<laughs> what? That's what I thought. Or like do the I didn't know whether it was a mirror or whether it was digital twin. <laughs> Got it. Until he started talking to me and recommending stocks and was making so much more sense. When we come back, you're active. We're going to dive into Ford. Uh, fourth quarter miss is weighing on the stock. We'll hear what Jim Farley is saying about the game plan for growth. We'll get to Regeneron and Royal Caribbean and pins a little bit more on Clorox. And of course, that jobs number, if you missed it, plus uh, 467 uh, blows away all kinds of expectations. We'll be right back. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Shei, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Ford's going to open down about 7.5% quarterly miss, the chip shortage and other supply constraints impacting production. But on the call, uh, Jim Farley said he's sticking with his growth plan. We're done with incremental change. We have a clear plan, a buys fraction, and whatever it takes mindset. We're confident our strong base business will generate the capital we need to fund a very exciting future. Uh, EBIT guide for the years, not that far off. No. Uh, why, why the punishment today? Well, I mean, the stock ran tremendously, and I think that we were all kind of surprised that there were so many different markets that weren't strong. Uh, but the uh, when I go back over with them, again, always thinking about this demand versus supply. The demand far exceeded the supply for pretty much every product line. He talked about how once you start going to, like the Maki, once you start going, they can save $1,000 per. I know from dealing with them quite regularly, that they simply could not produce anywhere near the demand. And that was, they were very hurt by chips. I wish I had known more that they were going to be hurt by chips, but I do know that uh, they could have had a much better quarter if they could just produce the cars. And that's, the, I'm judging things by demand versus supply. If I felt that they had, that they had cars, David, that they could, trucks that they couldn't sell, I would say you have to sell for it. But it's yeah. just not like that. They couldn't meet the demand. Um, You know, we don't want to overlook the big picture, which, of course, is this incredible transformation that's taking place worldwide in in the uh, in the automaking industry. Right. They're talking about now having EV capacity for 600,000 vehicles a year by 2023. That's next year. No, but that's a very, you know, that's the most aggressive. That's more aggressive than GM. GM. Which is saying 400,000 within the next two years, I believe. You know, you basically have to have two companies to do that. 
You have uh, to have an obviously internal Tesla is you have far an internal ahead of combustion engine yeah. company. And you and have, have an EV company. The BEV. And my, my worry here, even though they've got the good balance sheet, uh, is can you pull that off? Are all those internal combustion people, is that just some sort of cash cow? And you got to burn a lot of money in order to be able to. Well, get we're going to have millions of electric vehicles sold worldwide in a few years. Millions. And well, it's okay. going to be interesting because big parts of the country aren't going to care that retail gas is at a seven-year high. Not at anymore. all anymore. That's a great point. I and mean, now we look at a Clorox, which obviously had huge issues with energy, uh, air products issues with energy. But these are right in the crosshairs of the rising price. But yes, a consumer at a certain point might just say, if you give uh, the bonuses, remember. Pre- President Biden is not going to help the Tesla buyer, but he, we're just trying to figure out how much money he's going to, the government's going to write, write to you if you buy yeah. a, an American-made union. Union. It's like Norma Ray. Ring the bell. You, it's literally what it said it on is. her side. Yeah, it's <laughs> union. I, I, look, it, we're, it's like bring back some of the great uh, Walter Ruther. I mean, who do you want to bring back in Compers? I mean, this country, well, you know, I mean, I, I think the president's so much more uh, facile and easy to talk to with a shop foreman than he is with any CEO. I think it's just kind of not a great relationship. Elon would would go along with that, probably. Wow, Elon. Yeah. We'll uh, get Kramer's mad dashes uh, after we we come back from break this morning. Keep an eye on futures as we'll talk more about the Fed's calculus in the wake of that jobs number. More Squawk on the Street in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Take a look at a 12-hour chart of Dow futures. You can see about 8.30 there where the jobs number came in hot, 467K. And Fed Fund futures began to price in a 34% chance of a 50 basis point hike. We're going to see how that weighs on equities today when the opening bell rings in five and a half minutes. All right, we're going to do a mad dash. We were just talking about changing it up, so I don't know what we're doing. Well, what are we doing? You know how hard this market is? The drug stocks are really difficult. Yeah. They used to trade together. We didn't. We thought that once the Medicare negotiating with drugs went away, we would all have a very clear path just to buy these. And then what happens is you have, you have a case like a Bristol-Myers. Okay, so Bristol-Myers announces a $15 billion share of purchase. Well, we like that very much, right? It has, uh, it beats the number of $1.83, you know? It beats by four cents. Uh, it, it has one drug doing incredibly well, Eloquist, which is an anticoagulant. David, no, nobody, nobody really cares. Why not? Because there's nothing here 
that is... What about their oncology franchise? They, well, they talk about that as being being strong, but they don't single it out as being, like, you know, well, it's like Keith Trudeau. Remember, Keith Trudeau wasn't that good. So what we have here is a situation where it's like, okay, I, I don't know. That doesn't really intrigue me. But then you go to United Health and you're intrigued, or Centene, you're intrigued, or even Humana, you're intrigued. I'm, right, the, but those are insurers. Those aren't pharmaceutical companies. No, but I'm saying these, we, I want people at home to understand that people talk about HC. I'm underweight HC. Yeah, healthcare. They're selling, they're not, have a lot of healthcare. And the group that is underweighted is drugs. And people don't know what to do. They just don't know what to do. There's so many people who are flummoxed, but I would tell you that Bristol Myers, with that buyback and beat, you would normally think the stock would be up a percent. But people are yawning or they're selling, and they're saying, you know what? If the Fed is tightening and we have this kind of inflation, you do not buy a drug stock. Yeah. You don't. Well, one wonders, Carl, what the move in the 10-year yield today will mean, broadly speaking, as we get closer, what, 10 basis points away from 2%. Yeah, uh, 190 is a two-year high on 10s, but it was the two-year action was immediate following uh, the jobs number, Jim. Yeah, and, you know, these these moves, like that, that's just, that's frightening to people. I mean, look, I, you know, that, it's frightening to people. Because what people are saying is, all right, is the two-year going to trade through that 30-year? I mean, that, that says recession now. How do you have a recession and have job growth the likes of which uh, we've rarely ever seen? I don't know. But, there are, but yes, it's, it's the, the short end is saying, look out. And the short end is saying, don't buy Bristol-Myers. Uh, leisure and hospitality wages up 13 year on year. 13 where the quit rate of the industry is still almost 6%. So when Powell says we have plenty of room to, to raise rates and not hurt the labor market, it, it kind of makes sense. I, I, I think so. I mean, I was talking to Jim Fish from Waste Management. You know, they're experiencing 7% wage gains for people who um, work to pick up garbage. And he said to me, no one wants to pick up garbage. So to find people who want to pick up garbage, you have to pay a lot. And, I mean, if you let it, read his conference call and your pal, your pal, like, what do you do? I mean, you got to get people to pick up the garbage. Uh, yeah, it would be nice so, if they did it here in New York City. It'd be great. Maybe we can find more of them here, too. That's true. But, but, but no, honestly, so you have this nationwide company, and it's just everybody's they got to pay more to find people. I and mean, so we could say well, wages you know, are going up across the board. Uh, well, Amazon's average, the, the, uh, average hourly earning is now 18 but, but I'm saying waste management couldn't cover it is what I'm saying. They couldn't cover it. Amazon could cover it. We, waste management didn't have an uptick in demand to be able to make it so that they could make it so it was not significant, the wage gains. So That's it, what I'm it saying. it hit their earnings. Bingo. Kind of reminds us of what Clorox did say uh-huh. on the call last night, Jim. Uh, they talked about prior inflationary periods. Usually takes them 12 to 18 months to institute cost savings programs, but this one may take longer just because of the inflection of the of the cost pressure. Yeah, I, you know what, I'm... I was a little mystified by Clorox because not only where was the cost pressure bad, but there the demand is in question. So remember, we're trying to make it, try finding something that does apples to apples when it comes to demand. There's just not the demand we thought for particularly the products that they were making for the, for the pandemic. You know what? They could have easily said this, which is that it turns out it's not really by surface. It's by aerosol. And we have the wrong stuff. David, the Clorox. Well, we knew that a while ago, Jim. Well, yeah, I mean, but, it's a long time ago, thankfully, that we were all Cloroxing our groceries. So. But, you know, I'm just looking at the narrative where they spent a lot of money doing that. 
Yeah. They met that demand, and that, then that demand went away. Yes. And the household demand is not picking up, whereas the commodities are really bad, the pricing is really bad. Getting the stuff from A to B is really bad. I see and you looking at the downgrade of Atlantic goes to underwear. It was a very powerful downgrade because it just talked about the reality of making something and bringing it to where it has to go. Estee Lauder had tremendous demand and made something and brought to where it's go because that's good high-end stuff. And by the way, um, ELF did well. It's another company. Oh, Cosmetics yeah. did very well. And that's one of the companies. Those, that's a segment where there was high demand. And I think it's somewhat natural. People started going out again. You, you put it on makeup and you go out. Yeah, uh, Estee, fragrance up 30, I remember seeing yesterday. Yes. I mean, remarkable yeah. year Est- on year. Yeah. Estee Lauder, I, I know that Fabrizio Freda, he's never had, that was the best quarter ever. It's double digit in every market except for China, where it's high single digit and China's on lockdown. You know, if you're doing high single digit in China with on lockdown, David, what would happen if it opened? Uh, yeah, I would assume it would be even better. 400. I would assume it would be even better. Four, well, it did trade to 370. But um, you know, Europe was, you know, another theme that we haven't talked Europe's really strong. In many ways, stronger than our market in a lot of different places. Uh, luxury. The, the, uh, the Bernard Arnault that LVMH. That, that quarter is the company. What, is 30% growth. 30%. I mean, but they used to rely a lot on China, LVMH. I mean, that's still, still, they, they still do. They still do. No, they're impressive. Yes. Yeah, people just, it is. Well, it's at, your at the high end. Yeah, as that's far the, as the low end. Yeah. The governments are giving people money to pay their electric bill. Exactly. But look at the contrast. In China, by the way, uh, Xi Jinping doesn't want ostentation. He's trying to stamp out anything that's ostentatious. Now, are, we have to wonder, are Jordan's ostentatious? He is told, you made in China for China, but he has said that, that you know what, makeup's cool. He said makeup's cool. Right. He actually has, no, David, listen to me. They have, ca- like, they have categories that are okay and then categories that are not okay because they're show- showy. This is, that's the culture. Like, makeup's okay. But if you want to go by jewelry, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, in the same way that they're looking to see whether you bought cough medicine, they are, they're monitoring everything you buy. And if you're David, if you're showy, I think they're going to pay a visit. Not a place I want to be living. We're definitely watching uh, the opening ceremonies and Putin and Xi uh, making an appearance together today. That sounds like, that's 1951. That's a Manchurian candidate where the Russians and the Chinese are trying to figure out how to brainwash our captured soldiers. That was fiction. <laughs> right. Oh, it was fiction? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Shoot. Meanwhile, okay. as you know, non-farm payroll uh, exceeded expectations in January, 467,000. Despite the surge in Omicron cases, unemployment at four. Joining us this morning, uh, the first response from the White House, Secretary of Labor, uh, Marty Walsh. Mr. Secretary, great to have you back. Good morning. Thanks for having me this morning. So the thinking going into the print was millions of Americans had to call out. Some were not paid. They ostensibly would not be counted as employed. And the whisper was for a negative print. What happened? Well, I think obviously we had a, we had a good month here uh, in creating jobs in America. Uh, I think a lot of what the basic understanding is that I, I think the American economy is very resilient. Uh, and lots of employers and employees are, are learning to live with the pandemic. I mean, I think that we're in a lot different situation than we were in March of 2020 or any part of 2020 for that matter, or most of 2021. And I think that uh, that's certainly one of the big factors here, I would say. Now, we've talked about the data collection itself uh, the last few months, uh, but once again, upward revisions and 
I mean, a doubling of the initial uh, print. How reliable uh, is the survey, do you think, at this point? Well, it's very reliable. And we also spoke this morning internally over the last 10 years. We've had pretty similar revisions uh, to our reports uh, over, over that time. Uh, so we, when you look at the end of 2021, the, the number is about 6.7 million jobs uh, that have been created under, the, under this administration, uh, President Biden's administration. And uh, clearly, you know, this is a good sign today. A lot of good, point, a lot of good signs in this report. Uh, but, but as always, I say this every month, whether the report is a great report or a good report, uh, we always have more work to do and, and we have to continue to, to, to get more people. We have a good our labor participation uh, went up a bit as well this, this month, and that's a good sign as well. But we still have a ways to go. We know that. Well, Secretary Ross, Jim Cramer, always great to have you. Congratulations. Good number. Uh, Thank you. I'm trying to figure out what is your take on uh, how many people uh, have, ha- have decided, you know what, I got to rejoin the workforce because my benefits are running out and I need the money versus how many people do you think are rejoining the workforce because I'm no longer frightened of COVID? Well, I think there's a little bit of both, but I mean, when, when you break these numbers down about the participation rate, if you look at uh, ages, I think 25 to 54, uh, we're seeing about an 84% participation. Most of those folks need to go back to work because they're still in their earning years. Uh, I think as you think about an older workforce with the so-called great resignation, I think hopefully we'll start to see some of those folks come back into the workforce as we go into 2022. Uh, there's many reasons, but I, I still think that one of the biggest underlying issues here in this country that we still have to address is childcare. Uh, that, that is universally across the board getting more women, more families participating in the workforce. That seems to be one of the biggest issues. And then I'd say the second is the fear of the virus. Uh, Mr. Secretary, uh, you know, what about the numbers themselves and how much we can even believe or care about them on a monthly basis when we have a revision like the one we had for December? Originally, we were told 199,000 jobs. Now we're told, I think, 510,000. How does that happen? I mean, I think BLS is very transparent and and very credible. And and certainly uh, the the Bureau of Labor Statistics here, the Department of Labor, have been counted on for for decades to to be able to put numbers out. And I think that those numbers are very dependable. Certainly, I would much have rather be on your show last month talking about 510,000 jobs than 199,000 jobs. But certainly, you know, we're looking at the systems as we move forward here, meaning not how we collect data, but looking at these revisions happen all the time. Uh, so yeah, but not I'm to so, that level. Not to that level, do they? I mean, that's a big, that's, well, they, you know, they, it's they more have, than double. Well, again, I, I, we can't lose sight that we're, we, we are living and working in a global pandemic, a once in a century pandemic. And I know the show previous before I came on, there's lots of talk about what's happening in the economy. Uh, talking about recessions. I mean, I don't think this is necessarily deemed a recession, but we're dealing with a pandemic unlike anything we've ever had. Uh, You know, I think hopefully as we continue to move through 2022, we continue to follow President Biden's plan as far as dealing with the pandemic, dealing with inflation, dealing with the cost, dealing with the supply chain, all these challenges that the president has been tackling head on, uh, we will hopefully start to see some of this uh, normalcy settle back into our economy. Okay, Secretary Washington, I do have to follow up on what Dave and Carl have asked. I mean, we deal with companies, a company like Amazon. I mean, Amazon is, is in many ways a microcosm of what the government has to try to do to calculate things. Have you called uh, someone like Andy Jassy? Have you called Bill McDermott at ServiceNow, who does onboarding? Have you brought those people into Washington and say, listen, we don't like our revisions. We know you can do a better job. How much time have you spent with them? 
Well, actually, I, I was in New York last week, and I spent a lot of time with CEOs of corporations, uh, the largest corporations in this country, uh, talking about everything from, from job growth in their companies to the reasons why people are coming and not coming back to work to what we can do as far as training workers to the, uh, to the Omicron variant, coronavirus. So we're looking at all these different pieces. And then BLS certainly is talking to all the experts in the country as well. Uh, and, and they're constantly talking and updating information and looking at how do we make sure we're getting the most accurate information as possible. And, you know, I stand by these numbers. I think it's important for us to do that. Uh, and again, this morning when, when I saw the revision, not necessarily the number this month, but all this number was great as well. When I saw the revision of about 200 and I think 26,000 jobs over the course of the year, I said, why, why, why is that? And statistically, over the last 10 years, I was told by the commissioner that this has constantly happened over the last 10 years and we're not out of, when I say we're not out of whack, it's about statistically the same revision every, every, every year at the end of the year. Yeah, uh, those uh, annual revisions, that's a great point. Um, one last thing on, on participation. When you look at 16 to 24 year olds, we have labor participation now better than pre-COVID. Yeah. A lot of those young people, as you know, are drawn in by better wages. Um, they're foregoing education. Uh, do you expect there to be negative sort of externalities to the economy long term because of that? No, what we have to do with that is we have to make sure we have good, strong job training. Uh, many of those young people are getting into the economy because they're supporting their families as well. And I don't think we all often think of that when you think of 16 and 17 year old, uh, uh, you know, th they're supporting their families, bringing money into the house to be able to put food on the table. And I think that as we think about workforce development, job training, I think we really have to continue to invest in our community colleges. We have to continue to invest in our high schools across America. And that's why myself and Secretary Cardona and, and Secretary Mundo from Commerce are, are constantly having conversations about this, you know, th th this new, no, I wouldn't say it's new, but this emergence of younger people going into our economy. We really have to make sure these kids aren't just getting into the economy, working a minimum wage job or, or a little more than that. We need to make sure that as time as they get older, they have opportunities to get into the middle class. Finally, and I know this is uh, not today's pressing issue, but there's been a lot of talk about the path of legal immigration and how much that has weighed on the labor force going back into prior administrations. Is that conversation ever going to reignite? I think, well, it's, it's, I, I'm having that conversation all the time when I talk to companies and I, I talk to folks. I know the president filed a bill. Quite honestly, Congress needs to act on immigration. This is not a Democrat or Republican issue. This is about an American economy issue. Uh, you know, we, we, can't, we can't put a Band-Aid on a situation when American companies and people in America need more employees. So I, I honestly think that, that immigration reform is one of the most important things that the Congress can do in a bipartisan way to help American companies, American economy, and creating opportunities for jobs. Yeah, you definitely have uh, cover on that from the Chamber of Commerce and, and a bunch of other uh, groups. Mr. Secretary, thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Thank you, too. Thanks for having me. Marty Walsh. All right, guys, I wanted to come back to a story we've been uh, talking about on set a bit, but uh, haven't really followed. But it does uh, also involve uh, discovery, uh, Warner discovery soon to be. And okay. that is uh, the departure, of course, of CNN chief uh, Jeff Zucker, somebody who was uh, uh, our boss, actually, I think for all three of us, uh, if we go back, we go back long enough when he did run NBC Universal as well, uh, departed uh, as a result of violating policy by not disclosing uh, a relationship uh, that that uh, was ongoing. Uh, a lot of questions around that and why he was dismissed may simply have been that he failed to disclose and therefore violated policy. But it has brought up the larger question of what's going to happen to CNN? Uh, and uh, was there any involvement in any way by David Zaslav, uh, who will be, of course, running this company when the spin from 
Uh, AT&T is completed probably in the second quarter of this year uh, at all. Uh, Zaslav was a guest with, uh, with Joe and Becky out in California this morning. Here's what he had to say uh, about both his and or John Malone, of course, will be a board member here and potential involvement, anything having to do with Mr. Zucker's departure. John is going to be a, is a board member of this company, and I'm he the op- and I am the operating. Leader. He had nothing to do with, with. None of us had anything to do with it. We're running our business. There you have it. Very simply. Now, why were people even asking that question? Well, some are going back to an interview I did with uh, with uh, uh, Dr. Malone back in uh, the fall. Our, one of our actually, we did a couple of interviews over the course of this year where I did ask him his views on the future of CNN, whether it made sense to be a part of Warner Discovery. And here was the answer that still has some people wondering about this, uh, about the Zucker departure. I would like to see CNN evolve back to the kind of journalism that it started with and, uh, you know, actually have journalists, which would be unique and refreshing. I think uh, a coward's way out would be to sell it (laughs) or spin it off and then sell it, do it in some tax efficient way. I do believe that that good journalism could have a a role in this future uh, portfolio that Discovery uh, Time Warner is going to represent. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just one one voice here. And no longer a voice with voting, a significant voting stake. Of course, remember, he did have not voting control, but sort of negative control over discovery. He gave that up as part of this deal. But he is still a very important voice here. And and somebody, of course, that David Zaslav uh, leans on as well. But guys, you know, there is an outcome here that may be interesting, which is Zaslav and Zucker certainly are well acquainted, by many accounts friendly. Uh, Zaslav is tasked with producing what he said will be $8 billion in free cash flow by 2023. He will be running a company that's four and a half times levered. By the way, originally they'd said it would be five times five levered, yeah, but cool. now it's going to be four and a half times levered. Um, 2.4 billion shares outstanding is what we're going to be dealing with there. So when you do current enterprise value, given the debt they're taking on and the market cap that we can back into on 2.4 billion shares times that price, you get about a seven and a half multiple EBITDA to enterprise value. Um, but he's got to figure out a way to deliver on three plus billion in synergies. And so one does wonder if this makes it easier for him in some way when CNN is part of the fold to at least look at the cost structure, significantly look at the cost structure of CNN and CNN Plus, which, by the way, is going to cost hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars and say, well, there's an opportunity here for us to get a bit leaner. Now, he did speak positively about CNN Plus during that course of that interview a couple hours ago with, uh, with Squawk Box. But nonetheless, one has to wonder whether when he sees what he's got there, he sees an opportunity to perhaps continue to cut costs and therefore deliver on the synergy numbers and deliver on the promise that he keeps talking about for this Warner discovery, which will soon be coming to a, coming to a theater near you. Well, David, I don't know. I mean, I'm keep still stunned, of course, like many, many other people with Facebook. And Facebook is, stands for, okay, uh, our user growth isn't growing. There's a lot, of con- a lot of people want to be on other form factors. I happen to have tremendous faith that he is the person that could do it. I think we all, one time or another, enjoyed his company, know how good he is at his job. But, but the world is going away from his kind of programming. 
So it is the synergies, but I bet you there's so much fat there. Yeah. I think that there's a belief that there still will be uh, a good amount of, of uh, things that they can cut through. Right. Now, do you think Dr. Moment, he says actual journalism, Yeah. is he saying that Aaron Burnett is not doing No, you know, I mean, I, obviously like this best. is part of a very long interview we right. did. We didn't share a lot of it. I no, did but come I'm saying back I'm, at him. I'm confused There are certainly so many different journalists there. He was, but he was pointing to what he believes is sort of the tilt towards more opinion at CNN from okay. its roots previously. Uh, and talked about Fox and how Fox has obviously got a lot more opinion, but mixes in some journalism. You know, uh, people have made a lot of it. I don't make as much of it. And well, I believe Zaslav when he says that he and John, listen, the last thing they want to do is interfere in some way that would get the hackles of the DOJ up. So, um, you know, but, it, but at the, but, but I do believe that that departure actually may be helpful for Mr. Zaslav in the sense of, as they take over, looking for opportunities, CNN Plus, it's going to be interesting to see what the real future of that unit will be. Well, yeah, I know. That's, That's I, a I, I can't big unfathomable. Cost. But I will tell you that where I think Dr. Pone's out of step is, I don't know, we all got to enjoy Hamill play or Hamill in the book, but... That, that's what they used to do. You had a right-wing paper, and you had a left-wing paper, and you knew which one. You knew it was Hamilton, although Hamilton was using a different name to write. Not only Peter Navarro. You know, same kind of and so I don't know. We've had this kind of journalism for a long time, and Cherno would tell you that. We've had Fox journalism and, C- and CBC. What we haven't had is the journalism of Facebook, people who make stuff up. Uh, the news feed is what that's you That's how people get news. Or Joe Rogan before they decide to put a disclaimer on Disclaimer is... By the way, everything is, you hear... seems to is, be a difficulty in parsing but, fact from fiction in the general population. Well, well that's what I'm saying. That I, I, I have a problem with. But it's really the people who don't work in a professional news environment. If we... Let's say, David, you said you just made up something. There'd be... You know how much repercussions... There'd be huge repercussions. Well, thankfully, we're in financial uh, news where it actually matters. Right? Yeah, because there's you money know, on the line. Steve, uh, Steve Schur went to Avis. Yes, yeah, Steve Sher went to Avis. No, he went to Hertz. Oh, right. <laughs> right. But you see, if I Hertz. did that and I was yeah. online, Damn. people would say, hey, you know what? Got he probably has a, he has a secret By the agenda. Way, he's not starting till February 28th. No, Over March CFR, 1st. Goldman Sachs. March 1st. Oh, March 1st. Get it right. Told, no, I saw we February 28th. Are, I think it's March 1. He actually, see, this is what we are worried about. I actually about. corrected him when he said March 1. I said you February 27th. He said, no, you're right. February was he 28th. as nice as ever? Of course. Ah, that's one. Uh, that's one bit of news we hadn't gotten to yet. Uh, See, special never happened. Never happened before. <laughs> special event today, uh, twelve thirty p.m. Eastern. AMD's Lisa Sue is going to join Jim for the second CNBC Investing Club monthly meeting for subs. You can always sign up at cnbc.com/slash/join-the-club. As we go to break, can't take your eyes off yields today. Uh, the two-year, once again, getting above uh, one. Where were we? One, one thirty. 10-year, 1-9, uh, as, uh, as the curve is something to watch. It has huge implications. We'll be right back. Time for Jim and Stop Trading. If you have a company that can ha- triumph over wages and supply and had demand the whole way, uh, and it has a good balance sheet and, and a dividend, it's going to work. And I think that's Coca-Cola. It's going to continue to work. I think James Quincy's got some really great things going. Uh, good deal with Coors, by the way, where they're doing some uh, harder seltzer. This Topo Chico, you can't keep it in stock. Coca-Cola's got a very good quarter, I think, coming up. And I think that James is underrated as a CEO. It's funny. We were talking last night about how companies adjust to pricing environments. Yeah. Remember the mini, the development of the mini that package? That that's brilliant. one way to solve it. 
No, he is. He thinks about form factors. I have to tell you that he's, you know, he, he does not carry himself as a, a, a guy who is like, look, I'm a, you know, I'm a man of the world, never says that, but he is. And he's got his finger, he really has his fingers everywhere. Uh, he is adept at trying to figure out what people want more than anyone. His time in Mexico is spent to be able to get this Tempo Chico. He will talk about that. It's an amazing product. There hasn't been anything new under the sun in that business in years. He's got it. He's got it under control. I think he's going to say supply chain. How about demand chain? The demand is unbelievable for Coca-Cola and its products. Let's do, take a moment to promote your uh, investing oh, okay. club meeting so with Lisa, Lisa Sue. Lisa Sue, David from Flushing, uh, yes, came right, in, friends. called me up, said, Jim, I, I, I'm sick of, you know, basically I, you're, you're, you love Intel, uh, but I want to come see me. Want you to, let's have dinner at Polar. And it was $5. And she, I didn't say anything. She proceeded to pants me and school me and explain to me that she was going to beat Intel. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I went home and I told my wife, my wife, she went to Bronx Science, my wife went to Dominican, but admitted to Bronx Science, but the same year, at two blocks away from each other. And my, my wife said, yeah, she probably is going to do that. She sounds like a smart person. And I want to find out how does someone like Lisa Sue, who is so fabulous, make it so that she challenged Intel and I think beat it to $5 to 120 Five years. It's been a good run. It's about brains, okay? Determination, honesty, strength, and making me feel like a complete idiot. There was a time where people said AMD exists at the pleasure of Intel. Oh, I remember board members of Intel telling me, we have to keep AMD alive or the Justice Department is all over. <laughs> right. Well, believe me, Pat Gelsinger, he's nice. Jim, good weekend. See you tonight. You too. Yep. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support anytime you don't have to hide how you feel